What's up, everybody? We are back, and so is baseball. I'm Noah Hiles. I'm Alex. Thank God. Alex. I miss baseball, man. I know. This was a rougher offseason than most. (laughs) Is that fair? I mean, mean? we say offseason like it's done. I mean, Bryce Harper and Machado are still... There's so many people still available. So, like, I guess the offseason... Gonzalez, Keiko, it's... Mike Moustakis, Jose Iglesias. You could could field a legitimate baseball team. Gio Gonzalez, I I have. Many times when I was bored. (laughs) You, You could make a decent lineup. Yeah. Maybe not in the playoff team, but... The only position that doesn't have a prominent player still available would be first base. And you could put Moose at first. Yeah, but then who you put... I guess you put Machado at third, Iglesias yeah. at short. Yes. We're really doing this now. Yes. Second base, Jay Hay. Catcher, you probably could platoon Martin Maldonado, who started for the Astros last year, with Matt Wieters. Yeah, I guess it was That's cool. not a great catching tandem. No. Uh, but then your outfield, you I, got I, I Harper. Like Maldonado. Yeah, but, he's yeah. okay. You got you Harper, Harper in the outfield. You, you got, got Adam Mar- Jones. And then Marwin Gonzalez. There we go. That's a good team. That is. That's probably an 80-win team. Yeah. In the grand scheme. <laughs> and then you got Keuchel and Gio Gonzalez as your one-two. Yeah. And Kimbrell. And, and Kimbrell. That and team then... probably could win the NL East. Well, I think the NL East is going to be a bloodbath. Actually, I think of, the NL... of mediocrity, but no, still a I actually think the uh, we'll scratch it. The AL Central that team could win the AL Central. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Whenever yeah. the <laughs> Cleveland gets significantly worse, and it's like, yeah, they're still winning the division. Yeah, anyway, so who cares? <laughs> um, so where do you want to get in? We have a little bit of stuff to talk about, but. Mainly, we just have to do this to remind people that, hey, baseball's coming soon. Where do you want to start, Alex? I'll let you pick. Let's start with the signings. The signings? Pirates have made two, uh, have given away two uh, minor league contracts Mm -hmm. since we last recorded. One is Melky Cabrera, the milkman cometh, and the other is Frankie. Francisco Liriano, which I can't believe it's... Yes. Get A.J. Burnett, get Jeff Locke, get Vance Worley. Oh, We're bringing back the Vanimal. We're, we're rebuilding 2015, I want baby. Bud Black. Uh, give me Bud Black back. No, we're building 2015 again. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Who else was there? I'm, I, I'm drawing a blank on 2015. I want Charlie Michael Morse. I want Charlie, Michael Morse. Charlie Morton would actually help a lot. Um, Sean Rod. Get him back. <laughs> And there is the Sean Rod reference for the episode. <laughs> I and I gave it to you. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll start with Melky. Uh, yes. I'm I'm all for this move. I would have rather. You know what? I'll scratch that. I like the fact that they didn't just leave it to Lonnie because if Lonnie yeah. tears his hamstring, which he does when he sneezes, essentially, if that happens in spring training, they're they're screwed. They're screwed because yeah. they don't have they don't have Luplo anymore. No. So. What, what? Who do you rely on to play outfield? Frazier. Frazier and or Pablo you, Reyes. Yeah, and then your and, infield and depth. is a little ahead of schedule, they yeah, say. But, but it, your it, infield it, depth is shot. Yes. So I like Melky Cabrera, a guy who has had a decent MLB career. Yeah. That's a decent insurance policy. I'm, I'm all about that. So, you know, if it works out great and if Lonnie still play, I, I still, regardless of how good or bad Melky looks in spring training, I'm not. I think you have to get him on the major league roster just because Lonnie's t- long-term health even though you might not need him for more than a month and a half two months I'm just not willing to risk it see I'm kind of the opposite way with Melky that he can make the roster opening day but he really has to earn it and it's because we talked about this before we started recording that we both think that there's a good chance the Pirates are going to break camp with eight pitchers eight relief pitchers yes which would essentially mean a four-man bench. I also think that carrying three catchers on a five-man bench is a possibility, or two catchers on a five-man bench. So either way, we're talking about three uh, potential bench players Mm -hmm. to be flexible. And one of them is going to be Gonzalez. Yes. One of them is going to be Gung. Mm -hmm. And then that leaves you with one more. And if you go with Melky Cabrera, then your only middle infielders on the 25-man roster are Frazier, Newman and Gonzalez. That's not a lot of depth. Assuming they don't try to play Jung Ho. At shortstop. Which, or second base. Or se- I would like him at second yeah, base. Yeah, why I think not? he could handle it. I mean, if... if didn't Mike Moustakis play, play se- second base? Yeah. Yeah, or Travis Shaw played second base. I mean... Yeah, it's... 
it's not ideal, but like if it's a Sunday can, lineup, yes. just make it happen, you know. Especially since maybe you can throw Chisholm at third base or first yeah. base, worst case scenario. But that's kind of my thing. If you compared to someone like Pablo Reyes, who could be that fourth outfielder and also provide a little middle infield depth, I think yeah. Pablo should go into spring training with a bit of an edge compared to Melky. Maybe if they both play the same, mm-hmm. you know, you, like, okay, I'll give the tiebreaker to Melky for the veteran presence, and, you know, Pablo has options while Melky doesn't. But I, I don't think he has a given spot right now. He has to earn it. Yeah, I, I'm all for it. Like, I I should have been a little bit more clear. Like, if he goes yeah, and hits uh, Obviously, whenever you're a minor league contract, you've got to earn a roster Yeah, spot. like, I think if he plays just as good as anyone else, like, he, he has to be significantly outplayed by someone. I do think it is his spot to lose. But if he sucks, okay. then he loses it, if that's fair. That, that's fair. Another yeah. guy, so we'll move on to the other guy. Good old Francisco Liriano, who says he can't come home. Um, I don't know what to think of this one. If I'm Stephen Brault, I'm pissed that this happened. Yeah. I mean, this really does hurt Brault's chances. Except for the fact that, you know, Brault has a pretty much do-or-die-for-a-rotation spot, I think, now. Because with Liriano and Tyler Lyons, who was signed earlier in the offseason, I think the Pirates now have the option that they don't have to go to Brault just to be a lefty reliever anymore. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's... Well, I think this this continues to put Stephen Brawl in limbo, where he talked about how frustrated he was last year, in the beginning of the year, when he prepared all year to be a reliever, and then they made him a starter. And then he had yeah. to work towards getting back to being a reliever. Now, this year, he probably spent all offseason in preparation to be a reliever, and now, like you said, his best way to make the, the team... Start the year is going to be a starter, yeah. and then and or and let's be honest, they signed Jordan Lyles to be that fifth starter, and yes. if he's not going to be, then he's you're telling me that they're going to choose Stephen Brault over Nick Kingham, who has no options left. Yeah, they're just going to give Brault him up. Has the one option exactly. Left, so this which is really screws tough for him. this screws Stephen Brault big time, mm-hmm. and I mean I mean maybe that's his fault. He had a lot of opportunities to prove himself. Yeah. This this last season, but still, man, that's that's a tough pill to swallow if you're Stephen Brault, knowing that you really, really got to show out in this in this camp. And so does Nick Kingham. Everyone really has to step up because, and that includes Liriano. You know, if Liriano comes and he sucks, then all you know all is well. But yeah, do you think there's any chance where we see a bullpen with Brault and Liriano in it? Yeah, I mean, once again, we're talking potential eight-man bullpen. Yeah, and, and if I that's think, the case, I think you could put a Stephen Brault and a Nick Kingham or Jordan Lyles, whoever loses that fifth starter job, in the bullpen. Probably. Even- I think you could put all three. I could think if Lyles is the fifth starter, you make Kingham and Brault your long relievers, and then you just treat Liriano as the lefty guy. And mm-hmm. while Brault throws a baseball left-handed, you just look at him and Kingham as the long relief guys. Actually, it probably would help Brault's chances a lot more if Kingham beats Lyles for the fifth job because Lyles has experience, you know, just being a regular reliever, coming in, pitching one That's inning true. in the seventh. Yeah. He wouldn't have to be necessarily just a long reliever. You could obviously use him as a long reliever, but he's more flexible in that regard. And if that's the case, Brault can just be the inning eater. What are which, your... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Which, then again, it's hardly exactly an aspiration to be the inning eater in an eight-man bullpen Mm -hmm. as, like, a starting job. I I think, honestly, his best chance for 2019 will be to go down to AAA and and just be the starter there. And if someone goes down, he starts there. He's the first guy called up instead of Mitch Keller or Jake. Or JT Brubaker. You know, they, they market the shit out of him. It's because and he is such a nice guy. Yeah, and, like, I would just... It's an interesting move. Interesting yeah. move. I, I mean, there are a lot of nice guys on that team. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Are. He's probably... Like, he's definitely Mr. Congeniality. Like, you oh. know? Um, that's the second time we've referenced that. <laughs> uh, but... Moving forward, Alex, what are your expectations for Liriano? Do you think he can... Obviously, he, we're not going to see the 19 win... 2013 San Francisco Liriano. I did not just mean to call him San Francisco Liriano. I just said... I'm really tired, folks. I've been moving all week. Um, But what are your expectations? Can he be a serviceable relief pitcher? I'm going to give you uh, three splits that he had last year as a starter. Okay. Against left-handed hitters, 
He had a 22.4% strikeout rate and a 170, 255, 261 slash line against. In the first time through the order, batters had a 223, 318, 327 slash line and a 22.3% strikeout rate. Now the big thing for him has been that his slider is not as good as it has been in previous years. I checked last year. First two innings, his slider had a 21% whiff rate and a 241 X-Woba. In every other inning, it's a 342 X-Woba and a 14% whiff rate. So basically what I'm seeing here is the first time he faces batters, especially left-handers, he's still good. And that's what you would need from a relief pitcher. It's whenever he goes through that second to third time through the order that, uh -huh. he's get, that he gets gassed or his stuff doesn't fool batters anymore. I don't think that's really anything revolutionary. There are a lot of pitchers that, you know, third time through the order. They suck. That's the general trend in the league. Yeah. So I think first time through, I don't think he has to be necessarily a loogie, but if you focus him, like if there are two or three lefties do up in the inning, it's like, yeah, let, let's go with Francisco here. Pick your battles. I think he could be a really good reliever. I'm interested to just see how this whole dynamic works out. Um... Him and Cervelli, I, I don't know much about their relationship. I know... It was good enough. I know he... Is it fair to say that he went downhill significantly after Martin left? No, no, he had a... Um, he, I, I, I don't remember his, what he did in 2015. He had, a, he had a strong season in 2015. 2015 I, probably was his second best year in Pittsburgh. I mean, everyone had a good year in 2015. Yeah, you that's know? very true. I think the real problem that he had in 2016 was with Ray Searage. Okay. Because there were uh, John Perotto did a story I remember from back then. Whenever uh, Liriano, whenever he was struggling, he was changing where he was going to stand on the rubber. And Serge is like, "No, just pick a spot." And Francisco did not take well to that at all. And that was actually a driving factor to why the Pirates wanted to trade him. It wasn't just because he was a replacement level pitcher; it was because he was fighting with coaches, which kind of makes me surprised that he comes back. You know, with so, Serge, so, with Serge, was Yuki's there back then? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So maybe does he? I have, think the well, big, what I, I'm asking is, does he have a good relationships with Yuki's, the bullpen coach, and I, then he, that's where he'll work. That will be their middleman buffer guy that he didn't have before. My mind went to message, the assistant pitching coach. Yeah. Which you got to talk to someone. Obviously, you can't avoid Ray the entire time, but if they both matured, you know, bury the hatchet and you know maybe just talk to Justin more. Mm-hmm. For stuff, which I think is fair. I think the Pirates are pretty much grooming Message to be Sirage's successor at any rate. And it's closer to a 50-50 split now than it was back in 2016 whenever it was Ray or Bust. <laughs> All right. That was good analysis. We yeah. just We just did 13 minutes on two guys who might not even be in the major leagues. That is very true. <laughs> Welcome to the Pirates offseason, folks. All right, so sleepers in spring training. The games start next week, I believe, right? Yeah. And uh, so they're gearing up, ready for competition against other teams. We'll get our first look. I'm, you know, you can listen to the games on 93.7 The Fan, I'm sure. Uh, AT&T. Is it AT&T or is it? I can't remember anymore. Yeah. It's, it was <laughs> Watch it on Friday night. <laughs> yeah, wait. It's AT&T now, right? It's, I think it's AT&T. Uh, I haven't. Oh, Friday Night Rocks, man. Come yeah, on. that's right. I was almost called it Root. Yeah, it's not Root anymore. Uh, oh, wow. You can watch it where you can watch it where you always watch it. Is it's, my point. It's FSN. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> Throwback. Yeah. All right. So the games are coming up. This is where we're really gonna get to see you know who gets off to a decent start. See other guys you know who we might not expect to do well this year. People who a lot of a lot of fans might not know their names have an opportunity to stand out. Alex, uh, give, me, give me three guys that you're expecting to surprise us, or that you could see surprise us this spring. Uh, I'm going to start off with my hardest, you know, my boldest prediction here, mm -hmm. and that's Roberto Gomez, okay. who was kind of very nonchalantly signed to a minor league deal this offseason. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of excitement around the guy. Throws hard. Mm-hmm. And the way that he set up and the way that he tried to pitch in the major leagues last year, it really reminds me of what uh, Richard Rodriguez okay. did well. Rodriguez, his fastball is great, and it was great because he picked one spot in the strike zone 
which is the catcher's glove side hand up in the zone, upper corner. Okay. And he just pounded that all year long. And that's one of the most deadly spots for either a right-hander or a left-hander to hit. You know, if you could throw it on the corner like that. And I look at what, what Gomez did, and he's on the edge too, but it's he's keeping it over the heart of the plate a little too much. If the Pirates can fix that and he can hit those corners, I don't know if he's going to make the team out of spring training, but if he does that in Indianapolis... I think there is some chance he could be a Richard Rodriguez, too. They seem remarkably similar to where, like, Rich Rod was last year. Uh, another guy is Eric Gonzalez. I, this is this is his chance, the chance that he never got in Cleveland. I think he's going to have a fire under his ass. He's really going to play hard. I would like to see that happen. I, yeah, I like the guy. I got a chance to talk to him at Pirates Fest. He seems like a good dude. I'm rooting for him here. And the other guy, it's Neveroskis. Oh my <laughs> god. I Don't do this to yourself. I, I'm going to regret it, but... Yeah, you are. The stuff is so good. Like, the peripherals are out of this world. If he could somehow just put it all together, he could be this great relief pitcher. This is the year. It's this year or I'll just abandon him. I've already abandoned him. I mean... Uh. Boring you? No, I'm, I'm, I, again, I moved this week. I am very tired. Yes, we are in the new Casa de Hiles. Yes, yes, in my new kingdom. Um, we're sitting here. We're gonna have to upload this via my phone's hotspot because I still don't have cable or internet yet. But hopefully one day. Besides that. Besides that, I think yeah, it's, it's coming along pretty well. Yeah, I think. Bought some groceries. Gonna have Ooh. some some nice food. Alex blew me off for dinner. Yeah. He, he he just let me know. He said, nope, sorry, I have other friends. He found sorry. out I have another podcast and was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See ya, buddy. Alright, so... I'm still your bottom bitch, don't worry. Oh, oh, oh okay. Do you know what I am saying? Yeah, do you know what I am saying? Alright. I hope a lot of people get that reference. If not... If not, we just lost a lot of listeners. That's not good. Um, it's It's from South Park. So my top three that I'm expecting to uh, surprise us, Brian Hayes. I like it. I know that that's kind of a, like, no, no kidding, Noah. You know, like, he's, he's obviously a very good player, one of the best prospects in baseball, second best prospect in the Pirates system, but I think Brian Hayes is going to have such a good spring that people are going to say, we got to put him in the majors. There's yeah. no chance in hell. Could Brian Hayes make the major league team this year? No. Not out of no spring way. training. No way. I don't even think after spring training. Unless if either Gung or Moran gets hurt and the other one stinks and Hayes just plays incredible. There's just so much that has to happen. Plus, you know, there's obviously like the thing to deal with with every good prospect of we can't call him up till this time oh, or that yeah. time. He needs to... Oh man, what would they do with Hayes? Because, like, the go-to excuses they're going to use for Vlad Jr. and they use for Chris Bryant is the, oh, he needs to work on his defense. And then, lo and behold, 10 days after, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, his defense is fixed. He's major league ready. What are they mm. going to do with the guy who's won, what, like two or three minor league gold gloves? Uh, they'll be like, he needs to learn how to run faster or something. I mean, it'll be yeah. something stupid. They'll, 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 I bet you they'll just be like, hey, you have a concussion. They'll be like, what? <laughs> 10 days See? Yell. See? <laughs> yeah. That's what will happen, but I think Cabrian Hayes, didn't Austin Meadows have a spring like that? Not, I think it was like 2017, where he just crushed the baseball, and yeah. everyone was like, this dude needs to be in the major leagues, and they just Wouldn't didn't have a spot for him. wasn't ready for Yeah, it. I think Cabrian's going to have, I think Cabrian will probably be the best hitter for the Pirates this spring. I'm going to go the other route and say Hayes is going to make a web jump. Okay. That's going to go viral. I could see on, that too. On Pirates Twitter. It's like, oh my god, did you see that throw? My <laughs> second pick is going to be Aaron Sledgers. Um, don't have much uh, data to go behind this like Alex does. I just like him because he's 6'10". You can't teach big. And you can't. And uh, No, but in all seriousness, I think similar to how you talked about Gonzalez, I think Sledgers is another guy that maybe a change of scenery, something could click for him. And in all reality, I mean, his main competition is Stephen Brault, Jordan Lyles, and Nick Kingham. You know? Yeah. I think that all, obviously those three have a huge leg up on him, 
But, you know, he's he's battling also with Clay Holmes. You know, my thoughts on him. And Alex McRae. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see a huge difference between him and to anyone else I just listed. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see. Maybe he could be a surprise. Maybe he could be a nice reclamation project, even though... You know, there's not much to rectify, being that he has yeah. had, hasn't had that much Major League success. That's my second pick. And my third pick, this would be interesting, because I talked about how Cabrian Hayes would put people at a pickle. This guy, if he had a good spring, and I think he's notorious for having good springs. If he had a really good spring, and they had to put him on the Major League line, roster, then they really got to make some decisions. And that's Jose Asuna. Two years ago, Asuna crushed the ball yeah. in spring. And they made him change his position because of it. He was a first baseman. They moved him to the outfield. Now they're teaching him third base. And I don't know what his spring numbers were last year. But I'm pretty sure they're above average. He's always Probably. had a decent spring. If he does that again on this team who's you know going to be without their top power hitter, to start the season, I don't know how you don't argue that. And we talked about it before the show also. This team doesn't have a backup first baseman. No. Like, a true backup first baseman. They have Cervelli, who, when they asked him if he was going to play first base this year, he made it pretty damn clear that he had no interest in doing it, but will if they absolutely need him to, which is fine. I, I mean, theoretically, you could throw... Lonnie Chisenhall there. I I mean, maybe Moran's played there in Houston uh, in their system sometime. I think Eric Gonzalez took a couple reps in Cleveland. Leave leave it to the Pirates to, you know, train anyone to play first base midseason. But (laughs) Kevin Young is a well-worked man. Yeah, I think think Osuna could bring some stuff to the table that uh, others couldn't, and he could create a potential case, which would screw up their plans because that's a guy... Throughout the years, regardless of how much we saw for him. We saw him play a lot in 2017, I thought, in the major leagues. But this last year, we didn't see much of him. And it's not like he was hurt. There just wasn't a spot. And now I think this team lacks outfield depth, especially from the youth aspect. Mm -hmm. They lacked first first base depth. They lacked power. Those are three things he can provide. And if Jung Ho stinks, you can play third base as well. So something to consider with him. Uh, and I think he will play well. I don't think he will make the Major League roster, but I think that Jose Asuna uh, is looking to get some attention that he's been missing out on for the last year. Give me your biggest disappointment. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Just one quick thought on Asuna. Whenever the Pirates signed Melky, it was, yes, the death, but it, it, also a potential platoon made for Chisenhall, mm-hmm. the left-handed Chisenhall. That's what Osuna does. He can't hit a righty to save his life, but he hits lefties well. Yeah. And, you know, as a... Re- Outfielder, he can play a little bit of corner infield necessarily depth yeah. there. So yeah, I, I could see that. Uh, my disappointment, I'm yeah. Your biggest disappointment, I is I'm high on Eric Gonzalez, but it's Newman for me. Yeah, I mean, I, well, hey, I, you know, remember, you know, you know, he was really tired at the end of last year. Yeah, we. He all was a worn tired. down player. We were because all guess tired. Guess what? Believe it or not, he was the only player. That had played a lot of baseball by the end of June. Mm-hmm. Everyone else must have just been taking a nap. I mean... I will give him that was probably the most baseball he's ever played in a season. Okay, whatever. But Anyone else who you, gets called up for the first time in June... Yeah, in, has, Joel, in September, in, yes. Yeah, like that's... That's the most I don't baseball they've ever that, played. Yeah, I don't buy that excuse That was the most baseball Pablo Reyes ever played last year. Mm-hmm. And he was still going hard. You, Damn right. So, yeah, I... Isn't it ironic? Wasn't, like, episode two or three we were talking about, like, untouchable prospects, and I put Newman on the list because needed someone yeah. to play shortstop in 2019, and now we're I'm still, kind of like, nope, nope. <laughs> After one month of watching him, I'm out. I'm out. No. We, we still need, we need, we still need someone. Um, so, you're going Kevin Newman. I, yeah. I could totally see that. Uh... I hope I hope you're wrong. I mean, I just oh, I hope I'm wrong too. I and just, I hope I'm right with all yeah. six of these guys that we listed as surprises. 
I'm a sweetheart. So my <laughs> my disappointment's even more heartbreaking. That I'm I'm saying Stephen Brault. Oh, and I I don't. He's want pitched it. well in spring though. Yeah, the last couple years. he actually has, hasn't he? But yeah. I don't he know. outpitched uh, Glasnow in T. Willie in 2016. Fair, but I don't know. I just uh, I just don't know how he's going to handle all this stuff. You know, with Liriano coming in and having the battle and being moved back mm-hmm. and forth, I think eventually, you know, the guy's going to... And just, like, the, the thought of... I think that last year, he really opened up the beginning of the season because he felt he was in the majors to stay. Yeah. I think that's how he felt. I think that once once he made it through, like, the first couple of months, it's like, okay, I'm a big leaguer for the rest of my life. And that's where we really saw him open up and become the guy he is. And I don't know how he will pitch knowing that he could be sent back down. Because I don't think he had that charisma when he came back in September after they sent him down for a little bit. You know, I don't think he had that. You know, I think he was kind of a little pissed off, which is obviously, you know, granted for what you know he was going through, but... Um, I don't know how he handles this spring, especially if things start to go south early. I mean, I, I think that, you know, he's a good, obviously he's a good athlete, he's going to try to battle through it, but I don't know. Again, I hope I'm wrong here. I hope I'm very wrong. Moving forward, um, Alex, you want to introduce this next topic? Yeah, this is just something interesting to me, at least. Uh, on the 13th, the Phillies and Aaron Nola, one of the best young pitchers in baseball, came to terms on an extension. Four years, $45 million and an option year mm-hmm. attached. It buys out a year or two of free agency. Now, Nola is coming off. I checked it. Oh, he had a 10-war season last year. Which, he's my, he's my pick for Cy Young this year. That's a good pick. He mm-hmm. probably was second or third last year. Honestly, he was second, him, I think. It was DeGrom... By far first, but then yeah. him or Scherzer is the second yeah. best pitcher of baseball. So he's, you know, insanely talented pitcher. And I look at JMO, who is the player representative for the union for the Pirates, and but he said, you know, I am open to signing an extension. I'm not going to take a team discount though. I want you know my I fair market mine. value. Yeah. yeah, which you can't blame a player for saying that. No. Yo, get yours. Well, Whit- in baseball, you can't blame him. For, for football in this town, <laughs> we're not going down that road. Oh, I'm just cool. kidding. What are the odds that Le'Veon and A.B. are playing? Oh, my God. I'm going to tease this here uh, for Bucks Dugout. Whenever this comes out, Friday, uh, I'm writing the stupidest thing I've ever come up with in my life of what if A.B. was the pirate shortstop? How much war would he be worth? I read an article online uh, the other day. And it was suggesting that uh, Mookie Betts, the Steelers and the Pirates, make a combined package to trade for Mookie, Mookie Betts. Betts. <laughs> and have him play wide receiver, replace Antonio Brown, and play for the Pirates. Mookie's actually like a championship lever bowler. Yeah, 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 I saw that. Why don't we talk about that for you two sport athletes? Yeah. I, I get it, it's not, bowling isn't yeah. the top four, but... It's not a champion- top ten. Championship level. Yeah, I get at it. At two sports, I think, needs to be. Okay. So, yeah, I I think this is a very interesting potential framework to a JMO extension. If it's like, okay, four years in the ballpark of $50 million. JMO has one is one year older, but has one year less of MLB service time. Nola hit arbitration before he signed this. I think that would be a good way if the Pirates have, say, 10 million dollars to spend this team is so built on this rotation yep may as well they're already all in on them so may as well just be a little more all in and, this would, and extend them i know jamo has the injury history and even though i've been raving about how he was a top 10 pitcher once he added the slider last year and will probably be even better this year because he actually got a chance to work on the slider this offseason rather than hey i just came up with this pitch and i can't really experiment with it you know, in the middle of the season, I just gotta keep throwing it. I think an assigning signing JMO to a deal like that would be very similar to the deal they made with McCutcheon in 2012. Yeah. And I thought that was like the best transaction the Pirates have made in my lifetime. Yeah, it was. I mean, and, they, and the they got deal, 
Yeah. The framework for that was uh, what Jay Bruce got from the Reds the year prior. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, there's a precedent I'm set all here. For it. If the Pirates went to JMO and they said, what do you feel about 445? He's like, where did you come up with those numbers? Well, Aaron... Aaron Nola just took that contract. And no offense, J-Mo, you haven't had a 10-war season yet. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. And I, I, From all indications, Tyone likes it here. Yes. Tyone is a very good baseball player. Tyone is, I think, well on his way. I mean, depending on how Archer does this year, and I think there are other guys, but I think Tyone is the face of the franchise now. Yeah. And, you know, it's been a while since, I, I mean, I guess... We had Cole, but I feel like no one really connected with Cole when he was here. No, everyone and, knew with Cole that he is going to be here until he is not here. Yeah, and I think that it would be cool to have like a stud, one of the best pitchers in the game, mm-hmm. you know, locked down for a while. I do worry. Um, you you look at how Tyone's pitch his innings. Let me look this up. Yeah, I think he hit 180 last year. Yeah, well, here's the thing. So I was talking to someone, um, and he asked me to remain anonymous, and he kind of gave me this little tidbit about how in the the way you develop a pitcher once they're up to the majors, you like them to increase in innings pitched 40 every year. Like to do 40 mm-hmm. a little bit every year. So you look at 2016, 104 innings pitched. 2017, 133 innings pitched. Last year... But he also had that cancer scare where he missed a month. Yes. So he probably... Last year, 191 innings pitched. Yeah. So, I'm worried maybe if the arm troubles might come back, but I think if they don't come back this year, then your theory proves right where, you know, the the cancer scare, the innings Mm -hmm. would have been there, whatever, and he can handle it. So, if he can handle another, you know, close to 200 inning season... I'm all I'm all for locking him up. I, I'm more shoot the gun, get him this year. Because get him this year. I think this is the year where JMO does become a top ten starter. That's true. I, I think this is his year. But and I mean, whatever the if Pirates, does, if, even if he does, then you just give him the deal Nola got. I don't think he would take the deal Nola got. Why? I don't. Is think, he going to have a ten war season? I don't think he's going to have a ten war season. But Nola, yeah. Nola also is finished a top three first Cy player. Young. Noah also had the Tommy John scare. I don't know if he actually had the surgery, but I know he had the scare. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also a first-round draft pick. He didn't get the money that JMO got, though, for being a first-round draft pick. Okay. So I and I think Tyon maybe has a little more pressure to you know set a contract in Pittsburgh compared to just Noah in Philadelphia, where Noah was like, okay, they got <laughs> they got Arietta a couple years ago. I don't need to set the pace here. Where JMO, I think, does. Especially they got to sign someone. Player. They got to spend it somewhere, right? Yeah. All right. So, rounding out now as we're moving forward. Oh, real quick. What, who's getting Harper and Machado? You think by the time we record next episode, I, we'll have teams? I hope so. I'm just ready for it to be done. I, I, I think the White Sox have won this terrible, terrible bidding war for Machado. Uh and he'll probably get 250 over like eight or so years. I don't even care about the money anymore. I just want to know the length. Yeah, well, I care about the money also. Yeah. Because this is big. He's the best. He's legitimately the best free, free agent. agent since A-Rod. Yeah. I mean, someone like Pujols might have gotten more attention, but we all knew that, okay, Pujols was on the downward yeah. track. Machado should at least be this level, if not better, for another three or four years. Yep. And where's Bryce Harper go? San Diego? Uh, Philadelphia. Ooh. I'd I, like to see him go to the Padres and hit 25 home runs. Padres, I feel like they're involved in every rumor as part of this elaborate ploy, <laughs> just to remind the other 29 teams in baseball that they exist. We're still here! <laughs> we demand to be taken seriously. <laughs> I like that theory, where they, they're like, oh, or we could sign them. And everyone's like, oh, San Diego, San nice Diego. Oh, Because every so... Oh, Tony Gwynn played there. Syndergaard might get traded. Oh, there he goes. Trevor Hoffman. <laughs> they got Hosmer. That one time. Yeah, how that worked out. That one time. All right. So to round things up, there are some new MLB rules uh, still being voted on. 
most of these are going to be for the next collective bargaining agreement. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the idea of some of them. And the ones that were discussed, real quick, we'll start with this one. Uh, pitch clock. Ooh. Ooh, I just wrote something on this. Okay. So, riff. Well, okay, so <laughs> I will say this. I'm all for the pitch clock. I don't care that guys complain about, oh, I need my time. I'm also not I'm I'm not a big fan of everyone complaining about like the timeout or you know the mound visit counter or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just and again, I know that Alex is the analytical guy. I'm the Yenzer meathead who breaks it down old school takes style and this is an old school take. Just play the game. Play the game. If Bob Gibson could pitch in a game that lasted under 2 hours, and and it it I get it. There wasn't any commercial breaks, blah blah blah. But like, there was just all like he didn't take seven years in between pitches either. No. And he did what he did. Sure, you know they're all probably high on greenies. That's why they're flying around so so fast. So I guess that makes sense. But on a serious note, like it shouldn't take as long. And I know that players are conditioned now to it because. That's the way the game's played in the minor leagues and in the major leagues. It's so much worse. But, like, you didn't play that way in Little League. You didn't play that way in Legion Ball or in high school or in college. Because an umpire would tell you, throw the ball, step in the box, play the game. I don't get why that can't be brought to the major league level. It's such an easy fix. I would like to see it happen. 20-second pitch clock should not be that difficult. I'm, I'm going to bring up first. I went to Sabre in Pittsburgh. Last year, mm-hmm. the conference uh, presenter uh, Eliza Richardson Marone. Uh, you can check this out if you type in Saber Forty Eight Pittsburgh presentations in Google. You can find her audio and her a PowerPoint presentation. Okay. She basically said twenty second pitch clock. It, it might not do a whole lot to speed up games, actually, okay. unless you apply that twenty second pitch clock to whenever there's a runner on base, which I stand by saying would be a humongous advantage. To base runners, and we would have an almost '80s level uh, stolen base. Dude, runner. why not? That would be sweet. I like that idea. I, I want. It, it would be entertaining. Yes. I'm just saying that. That's no, an I'm all for that. Like pitchers would hate that. No kidding. But like, what sells? Did you enjoy the Super Bowl? No, it was awful. It was awful. It was the worst championship action. game I've and ever seen. And if people aren't putting the ball in play as much anymore, why not give the base runners an advantage? Make it. Bring back Ricky Henderson stealing 100 bases in a year. Let's go for it. I'm all for that. Yes. Yeah, sign me up. You see me jump out of my seat? Yes, he, he literally did That jump would be up. so freaking awesome. But uh, to apply the pitch clock to the Pirates, uh, last year, Vasquez, first half of the season, Velo was down. It was significantly down. Uh, second half of the season, he... 97.4 mile per hour average in the first half of the season. 99.1 mile per hour average. The trade-off was he took, on average, three seconds longer between pitches. So slowing down, he was able to speed up. That's a trend that across baseball and in the Pirates' bullpen. The, year, the two months where they took the longest between pitches were the two months where their fastball velocity was the highest. I think that is a potential factor that could really hurt Pittsburgh. This bullpen is built on speed. No team in the NL had a higher average fastball speed than the Pirates last year. If you take that away, it's going to impact the team, I think, negatively. So Now, it'll impact everyone, but once again, Pirates are so based on pitching that... It would hurt them more than, say, the Cubs, who are an offense first team. All right, so that's a good transition into our next rule that I want to talk about, which is the DH, going to the National League. I'm going to preface this by saying, as I was moving, I took my bed apart in my bedroom, propped it up against the wall. Underneath my bed, I found three big poster-sized boards. On the one of them was LeBron James. Another one was uh, from the 2016 Stanley Cup. They're giving them away out free, uh, out for free outside the stadium. And the third one was a sign that I made for myself when I was in high school, and it said "Ban the DH." 
I probably just did that to get on TV because I knew it would work. Did it? I- I'm sure it did. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, did you take it to a power cave or where? Did oh you yeah, 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 yeah. I took it like to. If Brown was on TV, that that's what. Yeah, was that's on. why. To be clear, <laughs> yeah, the TV. Game. I brought the yeah. I brought the band the DH sign because you know I knew I knew that that would be a thing. But um. I've never been a fan of the designated hitter coming to the National League. I'm not someone like Greg Brown who just hates it and, like, scoffs at it. Uh, I, res- I like the difference. I like the idea of the American League having to adjust in the World Series and make, like, a Carlos Santana play right field, like we saw the Indians do in 2016. I like the idea of the National League, you know, adding on to their roster in, like, you know, late August. To get that extra DH, just in case they make it to the World Series and they have that extra bat in their lineup. So I like both sides of that. I think it brings an interesting aspect to the game that's different, that you really don't see anywhere else. That being said, as someone who cheers for the Pittsburgh Pirates and wants to see them do well, I think the designated hitter coming to the National League would be incredibly beneficial to the Pirates. If you look at the Pirates, the Pirates, if you had to, to look at their roster's makeup and compare them to one team in the American League, who would you compare them to? Tampa? I was going to say Oakland. They don't have yeah. the corner infield that Oakland does. I no. know that they're, they're hoping to have that, but I think that you could argue that the, what, what the A's have, you know, the Pirates have a better outfield. Even with Chris Davis, I'd say the Pirates have a better outfield than Oakland. Oakland, obviously, they have the home run hitters. But I'm saying bullpen-wise, the strength of those teams is by pitching. And I think the Pirates' bullpen could be very similar. They could use the bullpen very similar to how Oakland used their bullpen. Or, like you said, Tampa's probably a better comparison, actually, because they have yeah. some starters. The A's have approximately none. And the A's actually do have a lot of really good hitters. They don't have a Chris Davis in Pittsburgh, sorry. Um, the good one or the bad one, for that matter. Nonetheless, those two teams, the small market ones, both won over 90 games this last year. And they both did it yeah. by bullpenning. And I think the Pirates have a team that could win a lot more games by bullpenning. Problem is, it's a lot harder to bullpen in the National League when the pitcher has to bat once every nine plate appearances for your team. You have to worry. You can't bring in Vasquez in the sixth inning unless you want to let him hit in the bottom of the seventh. Potentially an important at-bat in the game. The Pirates would benefit so much with a DH with getting that pitcher spot out of their lineup. I know it would probably kill Greg Brown, and that would be very sad. But... Giving them that flexibility and the opportunity to be creative. Now, would Clint take advantage of that? Yes, that's my... And be innovative? Probably not, if we're being honest. But let's just say he does. I think that the Pirates would win at least five more games a year. So last year they would have won 87. This year, whatever they are going to win, add five to it if they were able to be that much more creative with their bullpen. It takes pressure off the offense, and it puts pressure on the opposing team's hitters. And I get it. I get it. They have to face another hitter. I, so it's essentially another, you know, you're adding another time through the order that you have to, work, you have to account for. I, and I also get that your opposition has that same opportunity that you do with the bullpen. But I look around. Look through every team's roster. There are not many teams that have a better starting rotation and bullpen than the Pirates. No, I, I don't know if there really is one. I mean... For both. The quality of both. Like, you could say, okay, the Yankees have a better Who Who bullpen. are Tampa starters? Glasnow and Morton. Uh, I think you're forgetting one. Oh, yeah, that Snow guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, like... So, Tampa, and I think that those would be top to bottom pretty good. Yeah. Um... Boston. Boston doesn't have a bullpen anymore. No, you're right. No, they don't have Kimbrel or Kelly. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So thoughts, Alex. I I do like the trade off that bullpenning is a lot more feasible 
in the American League mm-hmm. than the National League. Because unless you're willing to grit your teeth and every once in a while double switch a good hitter out of a game or you know let a relief pitcher just trade it, get it out, you're going to have to choose one of those inevitabilities a couple times. A series or a game or however often you do it. I don't know if the Pirates would do that. Maybe the DH would benefit them. So, you know, you could put Polanco there. If, if like, someone like Chisholm really does have this breakout year because he's healthy, and it's like, well, now we've got four outfielders, and, you know, three places to put them. Yeah, you, you really, have that. You can't really do that. You could always play Adam, you could, Adam Frazier, like, last year, where they were struggling to find, we'll find him. him playing time, yeah. Austin Meadows could still be a Pittsburgh Pirate. Austin Meadows could, you could put <laughs> literally uh, just Elias Diaz, who was a plus hitter last year, him or Cervelli. You could put Cervelli would probably be the better one out of the two, yeah. so he doesn't get 15 concussions over the course of the he year. He'd get hurt. Playing. On the injury list. Yeah. Not the disabled He'd get list. a concussion sliding in a second. Yeah. We know that's the place where many people get hurt. <laughs> Poor Gregory. Sorry, Greg. Yeah, I think the Pirates would not have trouble fielding a DH. Mm-hmm. I guess is the big scheme of things. And yes, it would hurt the pitchers. Sure, they'll be able to adapt whatever. I guess it, everyone's going to be taken down a notch. But <sighs> looking past my my love for the purity of NL baseball compared to American League. Which, and I love that too. Which is such an overriding factor for this. I think players union is also going to be really pushing for the DH because DHs make more money than the traditional 25th guy yeah. on an NL roster mm-hmm. because, you know, the Angels could side Albert Pujols to this horrible contract and be like, oh, he could DH at the end mm-hmm. of his career. Now, I don't think those contracts in general are going to be given out anytime well, soon. It just and ex- unless it there is a big... playing careers in general. Like, Melky Cabrera yeah. would be an ideal DH. Yeah. Or... I think they look at that, and they can look at someone like Albert Pujols or J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez would have been a – I know he had that good two months in Arizona, but he wouldn't have been you know, a legitimate NL player. Yeah. He, he needs to DH. So, yeah, there are a bunch of things like that. I think those types of contracts are an endangered species in general. Yeah. Looking across baseball. Mm-hmm. Or at least until the next – and until the next CBA, yeah. which there probably will be a work stoppage if we continue oh, down this. Sure. I mean, I guess things could change if you know Machado and Harper somehow pull a three hundred million dollar contract man, out of their butt. But it, it's whatever Yasmani Grandal is getting one year deals, and Keuchel and Kimbrel, maybe you could say, okay, they don't deserve four year deals. It's like, okay, but we don't know if they even have like three year deals. Every or. Really load up the contract for a short-term deal where it'd be like, okay, yeah, maybe a three-year deal would be good. (sighs) Two of the top ten players in the game, maybe even two of the top five players in the game, if we're looking at overall value. I don't don't think Harper's a top Overall value that you provide to a franchise. And I think Harper might be in the top five because of his age. And because of his name, you know. Yeah. He's probably the biggest name in baseball. Harper is... More marketing. Yes, tool but than still, I think top five most valuable, and I'm not talking more, I'm talking like money, you know, coming in as well. Coming in as well. Yeah. Harper's a top five. Probably, yeah. Machado's definitely a top five. Talent yeah. alone. In any other sport, a top five free agent is available. That guy gets a deal either the first day or whenever he decides. It's never like they're tr- come on please please just give me this. It's either they're signed the first day and it's broken before the free agency period even starts or it's like LeBron is like I will be announcing where I am going this day. You will know by now. If you haven't I'm dead. You know like yeah. that's how it is. So every other sport, hockey, basketball, yeah. football, Baseball is great. Imagine, imagine, you know, training camp starting for football, and if like Aaron Rodgers was a free agent, which would never yeah, happen. That would never. It, no. it, like that, that would just be mind blowing. That no one would have signed this guy, and I know it's different. You need the quarterback in there, blah blah blah. But like, or, or LeBron, or Anthony Davis, or Kyrie Irving, one of those guys. They're just available. Yeah. No way! 
That's the problem. Baseball's going to have a huge issue on its hands. I mean, it's already in the midst of the huge issue. Yeah. I'm saying there's going to be a bigger issue when there's a work stoppage. And ah, it's not going to be an easy problem to resolve. So I want to ask you this. You're obviously much more of an NBA fan than I am. Yes. Uh, restricted free agency. This mm-hmm. is something... Uh, Dude, if you're asking me about NBA contracts, I'm, I mean, NBA contracts are the weirdest things in the world. Okay, but just as like a general concept. Okay. NBA has restricted free agency, as does football, as does hockey. Mm-hmm. Baseball is the only sport that really doesn't. There's technically the qualifying offer, which is a very poor man's version where you could yeah. lose a draft pick mm-hmm. as a result of it. But for the most part, it doesn't have one. Uh, this is something that Cheryl Rigg wrote for Fangraphs. This is something Travis Sawchick has written in the past about about uh, whenever a player reaches arbitration, they become a restricted free agent instead. And they could sign with anyone. The team that had them the year before can match the contract, or they could just go to arbitration. Do you think that could be a solution in general? Because I, I know we're looking at 26-year-old Machado and 26-year-old Harper. In, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm up for anything. I'm up not for any contract, but 23-year-old Mike Trout. Yeah. Whenever he had three Ted War seasons in the bank, it's yeah. like, how much money do you want to give Mike, me? Mike Trout, I honestly will just be like, <laughs> he's such like a like a chill dude. He'll just be like, sure. <laughs> like, I don't, people are like, no, don't take that deal. Like, Mike, hey, Mike, we're gonna give you ten million dollars for five years. <sighs> you know? Did you ever hear that story? I think it's Joe Montana. He was negotiating the contract beforehand, uh-huh. and uh, GM from San Francisco took him out to a diner, mm. and they had like two of belts. And Joe's like, "What am I worth? What am I worth?" They're like, "You're worth X amount." And Joe's like, "Yeah, sure, write it up." <laughs> I feel like that'd be Mike Trout. Now, yeah, right? I mean that'd be nice. It's the most nonchalant hundred million dollar contract that he's yeah. on already. Like, sure. That's good. <laughs> we got one more thing to talk one about. One more thing. That was quite the sidetrack. Yes. <laughs> so are you... You're anti-DH. I'm anti-DH. Okay. Too. too much purity. Don't see it really being a solution for anything. I will say that it's beneficial for the Pirates. I don't know if it'll benefit everyone in the same way that it benefits the Pirates. Anyway. Yeah. Rounding up the show. And this kind of sucks that we're ending on this one because... We should have ended earlier. Yeah. Three batter minimum, as a rule. Don't like it. Stupid. It's you, a stupid rule. You, you know how you can't do it? Yeah. <laughs> you can't do it without a DH. How on earth? If yes. relief pitcher pitches the last two batters of the inning, and it's like, oh, well, he's batting third. Tough luck. Yeah. That's, if you're looking to bat, slow you down. You can't do that without a DH. Yeah. That's that's not going to slow down right the there. game like at all. Like It's yeah. just going to make it longer, because you're going to see guys like just getting blown up. You know, and it's yeah. That's just. Are dumb. there really that many more mid-inning pitching changes now than there were decades ago? I think in the like, playoffs. In, in the, the playoffs, playoffs, absolutely. But like in regular season, I'm gonna just count. You know, a pitching change. It's whenever Vasquez comes out at the top of the ninth inning, that's a pitching change. But I don't think that really lengthens the game at all. No, 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 no. no. Maybe a second or two, but I the, think there the, are the more pitching changes. Are whenever you know there's. I a, think I think we've been spoiled. Where, and I don't think there are a whole lot more than there were. I think if you ago. watch teams like the Rays or the A's and bullpenning and stuff, mm-hmm. and I think especially the more the important the games get, like post-July baseball, you see it a lot more. You're seeing a lot more use of, you know, just one-on-one matchups and stuff like that. September baseball four, slows it down four, the most. Four or five batter saves. Yeah, so... Yeah, but I mean the three batter thing, that's that's not good. I mean that's that the, that wouldn't work in little league. That wouldn't. Well, <laughs> I mean that would be awful. That would be awful. So twenty six man roster. They, did you see that sure. twenty six man roster? But you're only allowed to carry twelve pitchers. Which what the hell? It that would be the how one. would that work for a team that has um, Shohei Otani? That's a good question. That's a really good question. <laughs> you get to have another half of each. You can only play at home. <laughs> Matt Davidson all of a sudden becomes the most valuable player in baseball because yeah. uh, he can't hit, he can't feel, but he can't well, I mean, pitch, that's the kid from Blackhawk. The kid from Blackhawk who's in the race system now, Brendan McKay. Yeah, uh, McKay, McKay. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna be an Otani unless they make him choose. Yeah. 
So, Which, at some point, they might, but at the moment... It's the Rays. You never know. They should just let The Rays are like the San Francisco of baseball society. There's just a lot of... Or no, they were like the University of California, Berkeley in the 1970s. That's what the Rays are now. Everyone from the outside is looking at them like, this place, I don't know if I'd ever go there. There's a lot of mind tricks and different stuff going on there, and people leave and they become successful. <laughs> but we're like, you go there and you're like, there's a lot of weird stuff going on, but I think it's working. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they won 90 games. So yeah. They won 90 games after giving away Corey Dickerson for Daniel Hudson. and They won all, 90 all games with taking Tommy Pham. Yeah. I mean, they are legitimate World Series threat, I think, this year. Yeah. Uh, Look Not at that outfield. If Kiermaier could stay healthy, Fame is a top five left fielder in the game. And they got him for free. Maybe. Yeah. If uh, Joey Wendell does what he did yeah. last year, Charlie Morton, I think, was a fantastic pickup. He is. That's. that's I'm just. In that division, I just don't know. I don't know how. It's the division. If they were the NL Central, they're, they're, they would win 100 they're, games. They would have to have their best season in franchise history. To probably finish second in that division. Because I don't see how Boston or New York doesn't win at least 96, 97 games. New York, I think, is going to be a big disappointment this year. Oh, man, really? I think New York's going to, like... They, New York is the type pissed. of team that... I could see them not making the playoffs, but if they make the playoffs, I'm just giving them the World Series trophy. Like, that bullpen, if they deploy it correctly in the, in the playoffs, it's over. Yeah, yeah, I think that is the greatest collection. I, of my ever biggest assembled. prediction for this year is that, like, the Red Sox Yankees meet in the ALCS, and like I think it's the Yankees will win, and like the the rivalry is like really really back because the Yankees need to eliminate Boston now because it's they, you know yeah they've had because their they were run. humiliated last year yeah and they you were, know they really haven't done much against Boston since oh three oh three whatever Aaron you know, yeah so. I think the if the power can shift back, I'm excited. So. I, I think the rivalry's dead. No, whatever Jacoby Ellsbury and it's Johnny never David dead. go it's free never agency. Dead. It's never it's, dead. It wasn't it's alive. Not dead, it wasn't not alive really. in the '90s. What what Yankees Red Sox moment in the '90s can you think of? It, it came back. You it's, know what? It was a rivalry in the '70s. Whenever it was Thurman Munson. In company, yeah, and Bucky Dent hitting the home run, yeah, and, and then there was some general I mean, animosity against rivalry the in the nineteen thirties when Babe Ruth went over there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like it, it then, goes up, it goes down. The rivalry was in its peak from two thousand to two thousand four. Oh my god, and 2004. we were so we were spoiled. Pedro, with 2003, uh, Pedro Martinez was, beat up an old man, and people yes. were just like. Hey, that's Yankees Red Sox. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like that's what we were Poor dealing Dodds with. Never yeah. Oh no, he great wanted, career baseball man. He but what the hell is Pedro Martinez supposed to do? Yeah, dude, Don Zimmer wanted all of that smoke. Like he, yeah. <laughs> he was if, coming. If anything, Pedro did him a favor. It's like it's over fast. Yeah, like it's th- over. He fast. didn't punch him or anything. He just no, he just threw him, him to the, the ground. ground. He threw him to the ground. What do you think? I'm stupid. <laughs> My dad's not a phone. All right, Alex. Any final thoughts? Put push that garbage in another man's face. Is that is that it? Is that what you're gonna say? That's what I'm, I'm gonna end with. More lines from from, from Andy Sandberg. Happy birthday to the ground. Freaking who, Graham? All right. Well, I don't sign off saying I'm excited for another year of Pirates baseball. I am. I'm, I'm excited, excited to do this more frequently. I was going to say We're going to be going thing. back to weekly soon whenever yes, baseball actually definitely. Picks up. I don't know how much we're going to be doing it during spring training, probably bi weekly still. Yeah. You know, every other week. But, um, you know, once things get going, yeah, I'm excited to get back in the clubhouse. I'm excited to do more shows with you, Alex. And more than anything else, I'm just excited to watch baseball every day for, you know, the next four, five, six months. And uh, it's going to get going here soon. So we'll sign off. Oh, before we do that, where can they follow us on Twitter? At Alex J. Stumpf. At Noah underscore Hiles 95 and at River Blast Radio. For Alex, for I am Noah Hiles, signing off, saying as we always do, let's go Bucks. (laughs) 